I, I got to tell you something. We're in the mini. We're going to be drinking our OTB beers, our outside the box beers. But I've been thinking, and I think I, I'm thinking too late. We can't change the beer name now. But there's lots of other options. OTB sounds great. But like we could have gone with the weird ale tales. Oh, twat. <laughs> we could have gone with bruise unusual to taste, but odd pilsner project that one has a song behind it opp mm. oh mm. Well, you know me i'm down with opp <laughs> or weird ales project wop even modern song around it couldn't you be down with otb hmm? i i guess so you could be. <laughs> we, we kept the act you just you just have to change the song and that's that's hard we're gonna have to vote on this i like all of those options yeah they're i think it's good. too late i think we're stuck OTB it is. <laughs> We'd be like a WAP OTB. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. All right, now I'm lost. What do we do? Yeah. All right, let's bring this back in. <laughs> Welcome to the Bruce Day Podcast. I'm Wes. I'm joined by my good friends Andy, Josh, and Rob. What's up, guys? What's up? Yo, yo. So we're sticking with our new format of doing a mini episode every other week in which we'll have an outside the box beer and then talk about some beer news. So let's kick off this mini episode. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. All right. So let's kick off the outside the box beers. Andy, I'm going to go with you first. What did you bring this week? So my OTB is called Midnight in Paradise. It is a stout from Block 15 Brewing out of Corvallis, Oregon. 6.5% ABV. No IBU listed. There's a 3.5 average on untapped with 478 ratings. And it's outside the box because... The description, the first sentence of the description is Midnight in Paradise is a whimsical and surprisingly refreshing stout that was fermented on pink guava and passion fruit. Uh, it's still brown in the glass. And uh, I'm, this is definitely outside my realm. I think out of outside of most people's box because you don't see a lot of stouts with these type of fruits used in the recipe or called out in the tasting notes. So I'm uh, just going to get into it right now. So I'll have to come back to me for kind of my take and a rating, but this one is definitely outside the box for me. Josh, I'm going to kick it over to you. What are you drinking? I'm drinking a beer called Das Yummy. It's the Key Lime Pie Edition. It's by Uzelfinch Beer and Blending. And beers and blending is sort of an interesting, like I've seen Bruco, I've seen Brewery, I've seen a lot of them. I've never seen beers and blending. So that was interesting. They're at a Fort Monroe Virginia, uh, 3.85 average, only 970 ratings. It's a 6.5% ABV fruited Berliner Weiss. Uh, they listed as having key lime puree with lactose, vanilla bean, and graham cracker. They also mentioned a couple of gold medals that they won in 2019. So I'm curious, this, this might be a, a yearly type of addition. Right off the, the bat, you know, there, there's some interesting flavor profile I want to get into. But while I do that, uh, Rob, what are you drinking? Josh, can you just say Das Yummy a few more times? Maybe Uzelfinch a few more times and say it as fast as you can. Das Yummy and Uzelfinch. <laughs> Thank you. That that, that was, was worth pretty it. Good. Cool. Well, I'm going to stick with the uh, the German style beers. I've got a California Kolsch by Magnolia Brewing Company out of San Francisco, California. 4.7% ABV, 15 IBU. As a 3.58 average, 
with about 7,800 ra- ratings. It's a Kolsch really isn't outside the box, but I think once again, it's outside my box. It is. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I would say when I was thinking, when I first saw you write that, I was like, that's not really outside the box. And I was like, well, that's, that's inside my box and stouts are outside my box. So I think, you know, we, we pulled just these beers from each other's boxes, basically. So yeah. you're inside Andy's box right now. <laughs> and I'm inside Rob's box. Yes. Okay, Boxception. Gotcha. <laughs> but still outside our own. Rob, have we made you feel uncomfortable yet? Uh, I think <laughs> now I'm following along. Gotcha. Okay. I am, this is my OTB. <laughs> but it's Andy's ITB. <laughs> that, yes, there we go. Yes. You're, you're, and, you're up to speed. Andy Thank has you. my OTB and... It's my, yeah. Okay. Now uh, everyone's <laughs> anyway. lost as well. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. So I'm drinking a tangerine tornado uh, labeled as a blonde ale from Heretic Brewing Company out of Fairfield, California. The reason I say labeled as is because this is a 9% ABV. Wow. Whoa. Which is not really, doesn't really align with the blonde ale. I no. think if you look at some other places, it's almost always listed as a blonde ale. But if you look at some other places, it does. Some people say Belgian strong pale ale, which makes a little bit okay. more sense. Um, this one's got, it's like I said, 9% ABV. It's got 25 IBU, 3.7 average on untapped with 4,300 check-ins. They say this is a, it's a force of nature packed with juicy, tangy tangerines and balanced with a strong but easy drinking blonde ale. Enjoy it alone or with vanilla ice cream for a creamsicle oh. beer float. Beer Are for brunch, enjoying- question mark? Are you enjoying your beer over ice cream right now? I am not. I'm drinking this one straight, believe it or not. Wes, I wonder if that's like the ice version of another beer. So they tried to get a higher alcohol content. So they froze it, scraped off the water, just like we've talked about about before. This beer just got taste started tasting worse after you described it that way. (laughs) Well, I'll jump back in because I've had a little bit more time to taste the Midnight in Paradise. And I can't say that my taste buds are in paradise right now because uh, this is just overpoweringly a stout beer. I don't think there's going to be anything that could, regardless of what you throw into a stout, the only thing that's really going to kind of mask it is just overly sweet, which you see with kind of like s'more stouts and things like that, that are really pushing towards the sweet and the chocolatey. I'm getting a lot of coffee in this. Really what I'm only getting in terms of the fruit is kind of like a tart aftertaste to some degree. Definitely getting some of like the fruity acidity that it mentions in the description, but I'm I'm definitely getting a hard coffee. I'm getting a lot of roast coffee in here. I'm not really getting the tropical or the chocolate. I don't know how this got a 3.5. But um, they're, you know, again, this is outside my box, so I'm probably leaning more towards like a three, 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 four right now. I'm hoping that as I get a little bit deeper into the glass, I can pick up a little bit more of the fruity flavors. But as of right now, I'm just really getting like a, it's kind of like a tart stout, which it's not really, uh, doesn't sound appealing when hmm. you say it like that. You don't yeah, typically it, see those types of flavors exactly in a stout, and they just yeah. they seem very polarized right like they're, uh-huh. they're yeah. either oh, end yeah. yeah with the three five andy if, if you were just going in and, and you hadn't read that description and you were getting coffee and, and a bit of tart would you maybe be closer to that 
like I think you're expecting something which is fair because it's listed in the description but if, if you're just a, a stout drinker and you got something that's a bit tart and coffee flavored I, I feel like that falls in line with some other stouts yeah I could see that it's definitely you're getting more of a if I was thinking of it just as more like a coffee style you're definitely getting a lot of like bitterness from mm-hmm. it which I think is just kind of like that's that tartness that I'm picking up is is bitterness. It still for me is not where I would prefer to have a stout. So that's why I think I'm going to kind of stick around my three, 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 four rating. Even then, if this was not advertised as such, like <laughs> it's it's just an odd combo. And I think Rob, you you said it really well when you said it's polarizing flavors. And I would completely agree with that. Hearing your take on the beer and reading the description, I'm not sure this is one that I would enjoy either. And I'm, I'm a stout fan. <laughs> now it's outside your box. Now, now, it's, now, now it's a now true OTB. I think it's outside everyone's it. box. Yeah. I will keep our order going and, and finish off my, my beer rating. So I had some high hopes for this. I've had a few good pie beers where they mixed a lot of those flavors and, and graham cracker came through and, and a lot of those things that made it interesting. This ended up being really close to a just lime sour, which by itself isn't necessarily a bad thing. And, and I have been trying to get more into sours. The thing that's interesting here is, is you get maybe a tad bit of the lactose and vanilla but it doesn't really shine through the, the sweetness and just the overall lineness drives the entire beer. The other thing is I'm not sure if it's just my can. I'm pretty undercarbonated. And this seems like a beer that a bit more carbonation would just help uh, with, with the sweetness. With, with all those things in mind, I'm nowhere near that 385. I'm much closer to, Andy, probably your rating of like a 3.4 even. Um, just because I'm not, I'm not really getting what I was expecting, and then on top of that, the carbonation is is dropping it even a, even a point lower. Yeah, so uh, I have the California Kolsch description is crisp and refreshing. If I were sitting poolside right now, and or sitting outside in the hot sun, I think I would definitely give this thing a bump. It probably would even get. A- golf bump this is this is a beer i would recommend uh taking with you whenever you're golfing because it's evening time it's kind of late here in dallas because we record later i'm gonna have to probably give this about a 3.5 average it's a coast for me is like you got to be outside you got to be poolside beachside golf something something outside uh in the middle of summer and because i'm go get the down bump yeah, because I, I'm not in, I'm not sitting outside. I'm not golfing right at this not moment. In the mood. Yeah. Can't you just like open a window? It. You could open a window. <laughs> I guess Bob, I could open a window. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you on this, Rob. I got your back on this. I, I totally Thanks, agree. Chris. Right now would not, a coast does not sound great. Blondale didn't really sound great either, which you can kind of precursor to my rating that i'm about to give but rob you <laughs> yeah, like giving a- you giving a kolsch a three five i feel like is a step in the right direction toward your kolsch adventures that i know andy has been on for for a little while now i like kolsch i, I usually it's just not something i typically go to um mm-hmm. i think back to the discussion we were having pre-recording i need to get out and start playing more golf uh so hopefully there's going to be more kolsch 
that I will be consuming here in the near future as I get out and hopefully start playing some more golf. I'm not going to lie. I also drink IPA when I play golf. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I'm going to go open a window. Wes, why don't you uh, yeah, give, <laughs> give us your description? Yeah. Yeah. So mine, it, it's interesting. It's up front. It just tastes like a blonde ale, like just simple, not much to it. Blonde ale. Then I really get the tangerines. There's a lot of tangerine flavor towards the end but not quite to the end because at the end, I just get 9% ABV. I just get boozy. Wow. And it does not finish well. It's like a very boozy, just to be blunt, kind of unpleasant flavor at the end. Like mm. I don't have like tangerine booziness. I kind of just get booziness at the end. So I would definitely give them a little bit of a knock there. I don't like if they could bring like the rest of the beer flavor with that, I think it would be a lot better, but I'm just kind of getting that at the end. Uh, like I said, this is a three, seven average. I'm probably at like a three, four, just cause I maybe even lower, maybe a three, three. It's just, it's the finishing is just kind of unpleasant to be perfectly honest. I mean, Do just based off the description, I think if they lowered, if the ABV was lowered, it would be more pleasant to drink. Cause it doesn't yeah, You talk seven. about having that boozy taste at the end. Yeah. If it was anywhere near like 6%, <laughs> it yeah. would be probably much more enjoyable to consume. Yep. Yeah. If they kept it right around that, like four or five blonde ale average, I think it'd be a little better, but Hey, I wonder, they tried it. I wonder if it would get a, a little bump if you were having this with vanilla ice cream or, <laughs> or <for brunch. laughs> drinking it for brunch as the description called. Maybe out. if I had it with brunch, if you put ice cream in it, I think it would get a decline. Mm-hmm. I don't think I want ice cream in my beer. And I don't know maybe, if I can rate a beer with it. Maybe you could do like a little bit of like a beer mosa, but like uh, with tangerine juice. Maybe that maybe. would uh, maybe that would make it a little bit more palatable. I think it would. Wes, the the interesting thing to me is you mentioned a lot of the beer that I have that has tangerine or even orange, like in the title of it, it comes right up front. It's interesting to me that that doesn't kick in for you until the middle. Is it is it more is it less sweet and more citrusy yeah. rather than being like overly sweet? Because that that's an interesting flavor to your point up until obviously you got to the the super booziness. Yep, more of that like citrusy rind like tartness, mm-hmm. which is good. Honestly, if it ended yeah, there, cool. I'd probably be above the average. But it doesn't end there. It keeps going in a bad way. Very interesting. All right, so let's move on to the beer news of the week, and we can't really talk about beer news without mentioning the elephant in the room. If you follow any breweries, beer accounts, or keep up with beer news at all, you're already aware of the sweeping accusations of sexism and assault in the craft beer industry. We thought about skipping past the subject because we aren't in the industry, but then after reading some articles and stories, I quickly became aware that customers are a huge part of this issue too. Basically, we just want to say that we stand with all the individuals that have come forward and agree that changes are needed. It's tough to say too much more because I said, as I said, we're not in the industry, we're just consumers, but we do want to just make sure to mention it. It's an important thing. And we do want to sit, take a strong stance of being behind these individuals. Yeah, full, fully agree. And I'll just say, if anyone is interested in reading more about the situation, I would encourage you to check out uh, goodbeerhunting.com. They released an article uh, a couple of weeks ago that, that really dives into uh, the situation in the industry, and they share a lot of stories and, and really personal experiences of some of the many individuals throughout the industry. Yeah, it's really hard to see stories like this come out about an industry that we we all really enjoy and love. 
but I really have to say that the individuals that have come forward with their stories, whether it's, you know, calling out a brewery or being anonymous, it takes a lot of courage to be able to speak your truth and put your story out there. So I definitely applaud anyone that has come forward with their stories. There's a lot of movement happening right now in the industry, and I'm hoping that it can really lead to some change. It's it's a hard topic to discuss. It's something that we can't just brush over. And, you know, as a customer and as a beer fan, I really hope that change happens. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully some really good things come out of a really bad thing here. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what the future uh, presents. Uh, let's move on to our next story. This one comes out of Goose Island in Chicago. Goose Island is having to look for a new brewmaster because Keith Gabbett, their current brewmaster, has been promoted to a new position of senior innovations manager. He will be working alongside Quinn Fuchel, who is newly appointed is the newly appointed commercial innovations manager, and Mike Siegel, who is now the barrels and beyond beer innovations manager. This is a pretty wild move. Certainly some interesting titles, to say the least. Some sweet um, titles. Yeah, they are pretty cool. <laughs> I would love to be able to put that on a business card. Um, what do you guys think about this? I know you all read some articles about it. Well, first off, Wes, if you are interested in putting one of these titles on your business card, it sounds like they're still hiring. They're yeah, still uh, filling some positions on that innovation team. All four of us are available for hire. <laughs> yeah, package deal. <laughs> yeah. With our brewing knowledge combined, we could maybe make a one good beer for you. <laughs> we could call it OTB. Right. We're just going to be idea guys. We don't need to know how to yeah. brew it. We just need to no. know what to brew. I have a, I have a whiteboard <laughs> and I have ideas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can be the just innovation consultants. Maybe wow, not necessarily the, brewmasters, innovation consultants. Just saying that out loud, the brewers would hate us so much. Like, no, <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah. I think what stood out to me about this article is they mentioned a, a lot of movement in the company. And it's a pretty big shift towards innovation. And they're calling out that they are really starting to step beyond just beer. They are in the process of licensing for canned cocktails, also looking at, you know, making deals with distilleries. And so they're really expanding beyond just beer. And I, you're seeing this a lot more. You're seeing this a lot more with larger breweries. There are a number of other breweries that are well-known that are also doing more than just beer in the alcohol beverage sector. You're thinking, Ballast Point out of San Diego, Dogfish Head out of Milton, Delaware, Anchor Brewing out of San Francisco, and Rogales out of Oregon. All of them have canned cocktails or spirits or something that's outside the realm of beer. And you don't really see that a lot with the smaller companies because of the infrastructure that you need to be able to do both beer and cocktails and spirits, as well as you know the licensing and the legal aspect of all that. It's interesting to see this brewery going this direction. I don't think it's, you know, too far outside the norm based off of some of the other breweries I just named because Goose Island is massive. They are owned by AB InBev. Yeah. They got the financial backing. They can do this. They are nationwide, if not international by now. And it'll be interesting to see where they go. Not a, you know, not a big Goose Island beer drinker, 
but um, I'm, I am interested to see kind of what they come out with over the next couple of years. Yeah, Andy, I think the the, the direction you were headed and, and really the, the quote that threw me a bit off, they mentioned specifically in there, there was a quote that the lines amongst consumers were, were originally blurred and they're gone now. People who are looking for a county stout, whale hunter, small batch bourbon, they're also drinking seltzers and canned cocktails. I like they they know more than I do. I'm not sure that per- I don't know that person. <laughs> like I, I just I don't. Yeah, um, I'm so not that person. <laughs> maybe it's happening. Like if you guys know someone, like throw it out there. But I I'm not seeing that. I think there is more openness to certain groups expanding. So you have like instead of a Coors Light, you might see a lot more people going to seltzers if they're at the beach, something like that. I don't know if it's that broad. And yeah. As I got more through the article. I think I, I sort of picked up more on where they're headed, which is just branching out to all the different beverage categories. It's not innovation in the sense that originally freaked me out where they're going to try to merge all this stuff and it's going to be one beverage that's everything. They're just, they're so big that they might as well branch out and try to cover all the different territories. And to be honest, they're, they're big enough and they have enough you know brain power behind that group to, to probably come out with some really good things within all those categories. I don't think they're ever going to be the best at any one of them, but they're going to be really good and they'll have the distribution to be really successful with it. A barrel aged seltzer though is, uh... I, I saw that too. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, it might be that too jumped, innovative. <laughs> that jumped out to me. Like that's scary to, what does that even do? I don't know, uh, but they're using their employees as Guinea pigs. So we'll find out. Yeah. And also I want to try this. I'm very much intrigued. I would, I will 100% try one. Yes. No question. I I don't know if I'm going to like it or drink another one, but I definitely want to try it. I'm worried that it'll get anywhere near the realm of smoked beer. And then it just like (laughs) that, just, I'm not touching it. Smoked. I'll try it. I'll try it. But I have a sneaking suspicion that it would probably for me leaned a little bit more towards like my reaction to a smoked beer, which is usually I don't want to try it. I just want like how weird are we talking here? Like, are we going to start seeing like stout seltzers coming out soon? Oh, God, I <laughs> see, not. that's that's what I don't. That's what they they mentioned it in those statements, and and originally I thought a lot of them were being combined, but I feel like the fact that they're differentiating them all, they're they're going to keep some of that separate. They might yeah. try it, but it, it might not ever get out of the brewery. It could be like hints of, I think that I think feel like the only thing that would even be like feasible would be wine barrels. I wouldn't want, I don't know about a whiskey barrel. Uh, don't give them whiskey barrel age seltzer. Ew. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I brought two things out of this one, Rob, you are saying like, what are they going to do? How are they going to innovate in like, what what one of the quotes that they said is although it was already a part of his job innovation was a part of his job as brewmaster now it's like his his full-time job doesn't that make this brewmaster job that's open while i'm sure high paying because it's a huge brewery it's nationwide uh huge producer great great position like on your resume but doesn't that worry you that you don't get the innovation part of being the brewmaster aren't you now just the guy in charge of making the beers that were already made. That would be my concern about that new position or the position that is open now. Innovation got removed from it. 
yeah, yeah. I, can, I can definitely that see that i would i would hope that you would find yourself or if you were applying for that position your goal would be to come in show your smarts and partner with that person in your category if somebody's innovation across the board and they're trying to innovate seltzers and stouts and cocktail beverages they're still going to i would imagine if you are the beer brewer they're going to work with you to figure out you know where they can push boundaries the example that they mentioned in that quote was a, a lemonade shandy. Honestly, that's not going crazy outside of bounds. It's like a 312 lemonade shandy. It's, it's mixing some of the things that they've done in the past. And I would hope that whoever is, you know, or the, the person taking that innovation job is definitely not just going to diminish the, the role of brewer to, to make what it is that I tell you to make. Yeah, I just, I guess my concern is like normally that is entirely your job. True. You're running it and you're that person. Now they've taken a lot of that out. Whereas I know they're going into other markets, but the other thing I would say is that I, I like when breweries go into the spirit market, but I like when they start making spirits as in like, Hey, we now have whiskey. Here's our vodka line. Canned yeah. cocktails never have ever sounded good vodka. It just <laughs> Canned cocktails just doesn't sound yeah. good to me. Pre-mixed canned cocktail. Just, I don't know. I guess it's in line with it being a brewer, but. Yeah, I don't. I f- yeah, because you, you're they're not making whatever the other part is. They're either, they're either going to get in the soda game so that they can put soda in those canned cocktails or they're going outside to buy those outside ingredients. So, yeah, maybe they're going to release their standalone, but unless they get the licensing to go beyond like to truly be able to distill. I don't know. I agree with you. Wes. I think it's going to be a little, I'm going to be hesitant at first. Yeah. Yes. The, the four of us are probably not ready to talk about canned cocktails, but you should check out your canned cocktail podcast for a much more deeper insight <laughs> into how that's going to work. Andy and I have personal, a personal experience with a brewery, going into the spirits market rogue ales started making whiskey what like five years maybe even more than that like eight years ago Hell, a while something. Back. andy and i were at a wedding in portland we went to the rogue ales in the portland airport on the way out <laughs> they convinced us to try their new whiskey and after some really great beers and some a long experience talk with andy Andy's name was being announced over the intercom and a lady walked up. I'm like, are you Andy? And he said, yes. It's like, your plane is leaving, sir. Let's go. And Andy had to run out of there. So those spirits can be dangerous sometimes, guys. Watch out. Stick to beer. That sounds like a good thing for Rogue. Maybe not for Andy, but for Rogue. (laughs) So good. You'll miss your flight. Yeah, it was. I did not miss my flight. No, I made it. But RIP to Rogue because they're no longer in the Portland airport. They have another, oh, I think it. another brewery took their place. So Rogue no longer has that location in the airport. Too many people <laughs> missing their flights. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> you need a worse brewery in here because too many people are missing flights. <laughs> so what did you guys think of the, of the whiskey? It was good. Very yeah, good. it was, it was good at the time. I, I can't say that I recall it being eight years ago, but. Yeah, I couldn't tell you the specific flavor notes, but I remember liking it. All right, so I think that is going to wrap it up for this mini episode. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. 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 Peace.